Good morning. Buenos dias. Guten Morgen. The new things that God is doing among us. Brothers and sisters, grace, peace, and mercy be with you all in Christ's name. We're going to be reflecting on the reading of the test from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. One of the afflictions that often come with old age is loss of memory. We joke about it, but sooner or later, there, there is little humor in it. It is frustrating to be unable to recall the past. Loss of memory also affects how a person looks at the future. And then, the final humiliation, humiliation being to forget that there is a future. However, God's people have great joy in learning that the future does not depend on their memory. In fact, God takes the worry out of the past by ordering us not to remember it, not to dwell in it. But to be alert to the future, he is preparing for all of us. However, we need to understand that the past is important. If we are to embrace the future God has planned for us and to find comfort in it from day to day, we must have the right perspective on the past. Although God instructed his people to remember important events in their life, his command, his instruction is given to Isaiah to forget the past is most connected with the fact that people tend to dwell in the past, unable to face the present, much less think of the future God is preparing for us. Especially in our mission together today, many congregations in our beloved church body are dwelling in the glorious past, unable to see the new things God is doing today in our society and in our church body. If we reflect in the LCMS, Glorious Past, we will be highly encouraged seeing how our predecessors took the Great Commission so seriously. We can highlight wonderful achievements that the people of God in this denomination have been able to accomplish by God's grace. We have the greatest parochial school system in the country. We have a wonderful university Concordia system. We have two tremendous seminaries, okay, that are preparing you within an environment of high academic standards united to a great respect for the Word of God in a time where there is confusion and theological chaos in most of the historical denominations. When we look at our past, 
There is much to be thankful for. However, we cannot become preoccupied with the past because today God is doing new things. And those new things that God is doing include the changing face of our nation. We have what we call in the state of Maryland, the New Americans. And that is the board that I belong to, the board of New Americans. I remember, and also, the New Americans are also becoming part of the emerging new face of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Sin. And I call myself, I'm a member of this group, the non-traditional Lutherans. And let me tell you why. Back in 1999, I had uh, the privilege and the pleasure of serving as a chaplain in the Wittenberg English Ministry. Okay? So when I got to Wittenberg, Germany, I was excited. I'm still excited thinking about that. And my fellow German were asking me, what are you doing at Lutheran Church? You are Hispanic. You are Cuban-American. See? Well, that's a question that only can be answered saying, I'm here by God's grace as every one of us are here for. Without God's grace, our belonging to the Lutheran Church has no meaning. So when I think of the new things that God is doing, uh, let me deviate a little bit from this one. Today we have the sending off of vicarage in the Spanish ministry. This week we have been having the Ethnic Institute you know, doing their training. And for most of seminarians and new students here, you might think that it's a well, wonderful event. We have Latinos, Africans, Asian people coming to our campus, and it is great. There is reason to celebrate the diversity that is present among us today. Am I right here? I'd like to hear from you guys. <laughs> yes, fantastic, you know. The seminary is doing a tremendous job, you know, raising leaders in all the different communities that are part of American society today. Understand that it's still a long way ahead of us. So when you come back to the mission field, you're going to find people like me speaking English with heavy accents. That's who I am. That's part of who I am. That's part of what I do. You will find friends from Africa. You will find friends from Asia. You will find people that have come here because of immigration, which is one of the hot topic in Washington today and all over the country. We see the new immigrants as a nuisance, as a burden. Well, let me, th let me tell you how, how I think about this. I believe that I was ambushed by God coming to the United States. Because I came from Cuba back in 1980. I was a former Roman Catholic. I knew the Apostle Creed. I knew the Lord's Prayer. I went to the class of the First Communion. But my thing was Santeria and Spiritism. So when I came to the United States, I brought my religious background with me. That's what we will do. 
That's why the Lutheran community coming here in 1700 brought Lutheranism. Muhlenberg, remember him? Warther in the 1800s, fleeing, you know, the Prussian Union. We didn't want to be meshed out with Evangelica because we have a different outlook about the Lord's Supper. We didn't want to do any kind of unionism. That's why we had the formula of Concord in the late 1500s to clear up all the controversies around the crypto-Calvinistic and the Melanchthonian following that were really trying to, uh, you know, with this, the desire to get along with everybody, they were throwing away the confessional stance. Right? So when we come to this country, we bring what we have. I brought my Santeria's gods, and I believe that I'm going to be fine with them. And I came to this country because I don't like communism. I, I wanted to be free. And I thought that coming to America was achieving my dream. And after a few years in the country, I realized that something was missing in my life. And by chance, of course, nothing happened by chance, my wife was invited to visit a Lutheran church in Miami. And one day, you know, I was really puzzled about why my wife wanted to go to church. That had never happened before. And you know, the machista element in uh, uh, Latino culture, well, I need to go to church to see what's going on with my wife there, you know? <laughs> well, you know, macho man, you know? A tough guy, you know? And that was the ambush that God had set for me. So I went to church, and a few months after that was my wife asking me, what are you doing going to church that often? <laughs> and in that, in that relationship with this particular congregation, I began to hear the gospel. I began to hear law and gospel, highly distinguished, never separated, telling me about the thing, that my sins, my unbelief, my, the sin of worshiping idols, but at the same time was declaring to me that God in his mercy and grace sent Jesus Christ to die for me. That there was nothing I could do to earn that grace and forgiveness that is part of this beautiful uh, message. The only thing that I was asked to do is believe it. But something began to happen in my life. I began to believe that Jesus died for my sins. And I'm sure that among my friends, among the non-traditional Lutherans, this is a common event. So I heard someone, I think it was Bob Escudero, saying, people are not coming to America by chance. God has a plan. In the same way, he had a plan for your ancestor, the first European immigrants. He has a plan for every one of us. And now America, North America, has become one of the largest mission fields in the world. And now what I'm telling you, I'm charging you with this. You are the leaders of the church. You are the future district president. You're the future circuit counselors. It's up to you, my brothers and sisters, to understand to embrace the new vision of this, what we call multicultural ministry. It's not ministry to Hispanic, it's not ministry to Asian, it's ministry with 
Hispanics, it's ministered with Asian, it's ministered with African Americans, because whether we understand that or not, we are all human beings created by the same God with the same spiritual needs. One thing that we cannot forget in our past is that Jesus Christ died for every human being. So I remind my, my parishioners, I ask them to, rem- to repeat, I want you to do the same thing. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. Yes. Jesus died for every, every person he's created. He didn't die for a particular group of folks. He didn't die for the Cubans alone. He didn't die for the African immigrant from Nigeria alone. He died for every one of us. And for many people out there in our present and future mission fields that need to hear this in English, in Spanish, in Portuguese, in Swahili, in Manharic, in Tigrinya, in German, in sign language. What else is missing? A lot. Where I live, Montgomery County, Maryland, we have more than a hundred languages in the school system. I have Chinese background. I'm a, I'm a full-fledged mestizo. Of course, in, in Cuba they thought that I was white. And I kept it that way. <laughs> but I have Chinese background. Uh, I have African background and a Spanish background. So this is America. This is Latin America. Full-time mestizo. But in spite of what I am racially, I'm a sinner. I'm a forgiven sinner. In spite of what you are racially, you are a forgiven sinner. And you are where you are, and we are where we are, only because of God's grace. Only. Don't even dare to think you're here because you are smart or for any other reason, by the same token. We are here because one day, God, in the new thing that he was doing for his people Israel, sent his son to die for them and to die for us. We are here because in the 1500, there were people like Martin Luther, I call him Father Luther, the Catholic me, Father Luther, okay? And Father Luther, with with the confessor fathers, were people willing to lay their lives for the gospel. Which means that is, there was a lot of passion in that. Now, what is our passion today, brothers and sisters? If we're not passionate about preaching to the lost, if we're not passionate about spreading the good news of salvation, America, as a country, has no hope. The people you're serving in your community have no hope. Because the only hope that anybody can have and can bank on it and bank sure about it is the hope that the gospel brings to every one of us. So, What is happening this week here 
and what is happening lately, uh, you know, uh, sending off our vicars, is simply a glimpse of the things that are becoming a routine in our communities. I'm learning Portuguese. I can say, bom dia, obrigado. I say, muito obrigado, you know, because I have Brasileiros, Brazilians in my community. And he can say something in the language when I invite them to come to my church, and I learn to speak Portuñol. You know what is Portuñol? The equivalent of Spanglish. Portuñol is Portuguese plus Spanish. And then you fake the Spanish and it sounds Portuguese. Well, because that's what it is. Language communication. God has communicated to you through His Son, Jesus Christ, His love. That is already rehearsed over and over when we preach, when we come to the Holy Supper, when we talk about our needs, when we, we, we declare to one another the forgiveness of sins. Because that is the vision of the church. And we are facing beautiful times and interesting times in this country for many different reasons. The new American faith won't go away because illegal immigrants are persecuted. That's a fact. America always has been a diverse country. The only problem is that we're finding out about it lately. And the good news is that among the people that have been here from different ethnic groups, with the people that are still coming today from different countries, coming here to be ambushed by God, to hear the gospel, we had a great opportunity for growth. Remember this, the potential for growth in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Sino, as well as in any other historical denomination, happens to be among, in our case, non-traditional Lutherans. In the world, the gospel is growing by least and bound. In Latin America, Asia, and Africa, thanks God we were not touched by the Enlightenment ideas. So when you look around immigrants, which might be a difficult topic for some, we need to look at people that God is bringing to a doorstep for us to share our faith, our grace, and our hope. May the Lord bless us in His mission. May the Lord bless this institution in your resilience and your willingness to continue training across the board. Um, be the name of the God, be glorified today. Amen.